Our first reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke in the 14th chapter. Let us listen for the word of God. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, Do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host, and the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place, and then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher, then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He also said to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your siblings or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And our second reading this morning comes from the letter to the Hebrews. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison, as though you were in prison with them. Those who are being tortured, as though you yourselves were being tortured. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips that confess his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. May God add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the understanding of God's holy word. So friends, I think this is a true story. Once there was a pastor, newly appointed to his church by the bishop. No search committee, no candidating sermon, no visit paid to his family at home by deacons and elders. This was a church with a hierarchy of bishops and cardinals, which we do not have. And this was also a time before Google, Facebook, and LinkedIn So this pastor came in as a complete stranger to his church, having been sent there by those higher up. 
That Sunday morning, the people of the church came out in Christmas and Easter numbers to meet their new pastor, hoping to impress him, hoping to be impressed with him. Hopefully, their bishops would have sent them someone with the best education and experience and credentials. So they dressed up. They reminded their older children how to shake hands, and they reminded their younger children how they shouldn't interrupt when grown-ups are speaking. The hospitality committee brewed their coffee and laid out their finest spread for fellowship hour. The people came early and filled the front pews first. And he was late. They waited uncomfortably in their pews through a very long prelude, and when the organist finally ran out of notes to play, she took her seat and silence set in. Until the homeless man they had stepped around at the front door walked up the aisle, straight to the pulpit, took off a very large and dirty overcoat, a cap and a stick-on beard, and stood there in his doctoral robe, the one with the three velvet bands, and introduced himself to them as their new pastor. I don't like this story. I hope it's not true. But when I tried to find out if it was, I think it began as something like a legend, a parable, if you will, and pastors have tried to replicate it ever since. So you can go on YouTube and you can see pastors play this prank on members of their congregation to see just how skilled they are in the spiritual art of hospitality, to see if they are actually listening to the good news Jesus came to preach to the poor. But he played them. He humiliated them. He used them to make a point about what the worst of church can be. But maybe we do need to think about the message today. We sometimes call the kingdom Jesus describes this gospel lesson about what the kingdom could be like. We sometimes call it a topsy-turvy world, an upside-down world, where the rules of reality are suspended, where the first may be last and the last first. We are invited to imagine in these passages that we are in prison. We are being tortured that strangers are angels, or possibly even Jesus himself, that the highest status person you can imagine might belong in the lowest seat, and that the person you might think is the least important, the one whose gaze you would not even meet, is the one whom God has sent into your midst. There is a young adult book about a young person who suddenly, day after day, wakes up in a different bed, in a different family, in a different body, a different reality. He would go to sleep one night and wake up. He could be in a different country, speak a different language, have a different set of 
medical circumstances. And I wonder if that were true, how would we treat each other? How would we live? How would we vote? If we could wake up the next day and not be able to count on anything that we have. So this might fix things, but it doesn't have to be this way because we have the gift of imagination. Any one of you can imagine what it might be like to struggle with something you know nothing about. Your imagination can bring you there. So this hospitality practice, if we were to open a door and be just as likely to imagine that we were the one knocking, the one who needed something, rather than the one who answered. It's a shift in mindset. We have maybe one member of Gen Z, maybe a few among us. I've heard this phrase that they use, main character energy. Are you familiar with main character energy? Someone going about their day as though they're the main character? We all go around our days like we are the main character. But maybe look outside yourself and notice someone else. Maybe they are the main character. And a story that is playing out, maybe they are the main character in God's story. Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. And he invites us to imagine that we are the least of these. There is a new partnership that First Church has. And I don't know if any of you have encountered our new friends. The leaders of this church are Winnie and John. And they came to David a while back, and they said to him, please, we need a place to pray. And what do you all think David said? Of course, they had felt exiled from a wider church community, and they were looking for a sanctuary in the truest sense of the word. Do you have a space for us, they said. And being flexible under these renovations, as we all have, they have been gathering in just about every room in the church. And it has been amazing to watch this grow from a small prayer circle to a vibrant and growing congregation. More and more children every week, a feast, a beautiful lunch spread every week, just like I think the first Christians always had. I think the first Eucharist was a Thanksgiving feast every Sunday morning. Their Sunday best puts my wedding best to shame. They are new and authentic, and they worship in a Haitian style. They speak French and Creole. And along with their membership growing, their outreach is too. They are turning outward already, and they have just in these last two weeks been setting up an apartment for a young family that is struggling with a baby and a toddler. So the pastoral team found out that there was one gap in what they had been able to collect, and it was a toddler bed. So you all, 
the people of First Church have contributed to this church's outreach mission in the form of a new toddler bed and a new mattress and a new mattress pad. It is in the church office, ready for them to pick up today. And I tell you this story only so that we will remember that it is true today as it was then. That there are angels among us, and if we open the door to them, we might be entertaining them without realizing it. Someone else may be the main character in God's story. And who Jesus is in this story is so obvious. I think it is the toddler who needed a bed. So friends, I don't think we're born good or bad at hospitality. I think it is something we can always be strengthening. I think these stories are about church and community, but in your everyday lives, you might find someone knocking this week. How will you focus your love on the people who come to you? Let that mutual love continue. And look for where God is working in these stories about angels and strangers, hosts and guests. May we find out what God is doing. Amen.